Hello, Audrey. Hello, Kayla. It's been a while. It has been. Lots of things have happened since our last episode. So many things. Lots of exciting announcements and stuff, but we'll save those for the end of the episode. This is Mordor, she wrote. Yes, it is Mordor, she wrote. And this is an adventure where I, who have never read Lord of the Rings, and Audrey, who has read Lord of the Rings... Many times. Read Lord of the Rings together. Oh, many times. I always forget that qualifier. Oh, you're fine. It's it's just something that, like, to show the depths of my um, obsession, I would say, with this series. Yeah. I like to add that in there just for, just for a little fun bit. That's okay. So one announcement I will make right now is that I got some new roommates, and the most significant of them so far is my... Um, new friend, the lab named Gunner. He is one of my roommate's pets. So if you do hear doggo tippy tappies on my part, there's also an animal living with me now. So there's double the dogs. Double the awesome. When we last left off, and that's literally what my notes say at the heading, when we last left off, the hobbits had been waylaid by an ornery willow tree. And then the mysterious figure of Tom Bombadil rescued them. That's correct. So this is Chapter 7 in the House of Tom Bombadil. And we pick up exactly where Chapter 6 left off. Which is to say the hobbits stepping into Tom Bombadil's house. Yes. And I spelled Tom Bombadil's name like 17 different ways. Even though the book was right in front of me 90% of the time I was reading it. Well, 100% of the time I was reading it. 90% of the time I spent writing my notes. No shame there. He's got a strange name, just like so many of Tolkien's characters. I've mainly switched between like two L's at the end of his name and one L's at the end of his name. Understandable. And there may be a a Tom Bombadildo in there at one point because... Well, his song is all Tom Bombadillo, so it's hard to to not not see it that way, you know? Yes. So they, they come into the house, right? And we're greeted by this description of... A woman, um, long yellow hair, green gown, with silver beads, belt of gold, yes, a chain of lilies and forget-me-nots. And then at her feet, I made a specific note of this, that there's uh, bowls of water candles. lilies. Yeah. It's, or, or there's water lilies and, and candles surrounding her. I actually made a note of that, too. I was, I very much enjoyed that particular image of her and i have a question yes it says goldberry is the daughter of the river in this chapter are we being literal here who knows it's tolkien i thought that was going to be your answer to that question (laughs) i'm very sorry there's a lot of cryptic stuff in this chapter as we talk to tom bombadil and goldberry uh, they're very much full of non-answers and i'm sure someone who's like more academic in their approach to Tolkien and all of his writing probably has more answers about who they are. But in terms of what I think, I think that it is not a literal interpretation in the idea that like the river gave birth to her or whatever, but there are like ancient figures in a lot of Tolkien's mythos that you could theoretically say that one of them equates to being the river right um, gotcha. but who knows she's here now tolkien compares her to an elf queen but she's not an elf she's not an elf yes that's made okay, very well, clear that clears up another question that i have about 
no it's okay i guess he's not explicit in it he just compares her and some things about her to like elf stuff which makes me always read it as she's not an elf though she's not an elf yeah because like especially like frodo approaches her and he's overcome with like such joy and stuff and and tolkien compares it to like the feeling he gets when he sees elves but more and closer sorry deeper and nearer to the mortal heart Ah, yes, because there's that whole relationship between hobbits and elves things. I called this chapter Frodo Asks a Lot of Questions. Specifically, Frodo asks a lot of rude questions about Tom Bombadil. Well, I guess it could be taken as rude or not, just depending on which region of the country you were raised in. Um, my parents would consider it rude to ask that many questions. But he, he begins peppering Goldberry with questions about who is Tom? And I think that is a question I still had at the end of this chapter. I mean, that's a fair um, question to have. You, you Before yes. he starts his questions, though, he recites poetry at her, like spontaneously is compelled to recite poetry. Oh, yeah. Which There's I so love. Much poetry and songs. So many. Yeah. I have but... Lots of thoughts on that when we get to later episodes. But so he asks who Tom Bombadil is and Goldberry, here we go, cryptic answer, says he is. And then elaborates by saying, he is, as you have seen him, he is the master of wood, water, and hill. You want to know what's real fun? What? I have that quote word for word written in my notes. Perfect. And you beat me to it. Yes. Well, we're clearly on the same page for this chapter. Yes. So an observation that I made about Tom is that he seems to have some control or sway over either nature or the spirits found in nature i'm definitely getting more of a spiritual connection to them um yeah i think that that's totally fair um the follow-up question is when frodo asks then this land belongs to him and goldberry says that would be a burden and so it's like the concept of ownership of the land is not a thing for tom and goldberry tom gotcha I guess is like their tender, I would say, like the shepherd of the land. Um, but he doesn't own yeah. it. They all own themselves. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it just seemed to be like the first indication that he is a figure of some authority in magical matters. Is he like straight? Like, I know obviously he's not a cla- classified as a wizard, but does he have some sort of magical power or is he just that persuasive that people listen to him? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. You couldn't tell me or you won't tell me. Both. You're useless. Well, I know. That is your function. <laughs> well, I, or useful because that is your function here. <laughs> um, so I have Tom and the Hobbits have a conversation over dinner. Um, as Hobbits do, they sit down to a meal with Goldberry and Tom Bombadil. And... I just lost where I was because my sister is talking in the background. (laughs) That's okay. It happens. Tom and the hobbits have a conversation over dinner and Frodo asks how they knew, how Tom knew that they were in danger. And then Tom indicates that it's not that he's omniscient, but that he seems to have a rather extensive social network. It can hear that Frodo was in danger and was traveling and Again, my notes say, and maybe in danger, because my thoughts are running circular at that point. What What are your thoughts on that? Is that, is that an accurate I think assessment? that that's a fair thing. I think that you uh, jumped ahead to 
and probably next day, did. no, it's okay. They're, they they spend kind of a nebulous amount of time at Tom's house, and it's not particularly clear. And Tolkien even makes a note in the text that Frodo can't tell how much time is passing while they're there. Um, yeah, but the first night at dinner, Tom sings the song about how he found Goldberry uh, in the river like years and years ago and that that's how they met and then um frodo starts to ask about <laughs> old man willow the tree that ate mary and pippin and tom says no no we'll talk about that in the morning like it's not a good thing to talk about now and i wrote is it scarier to know a thing is too scary to discuss before bed than actually discussing the thing is this like the middle earth version of getting an email or a phone call from your boss that says we need to talk yes <laughs> something like because that that was the impression that i got like oh we're gonna talk about this but not right now yeah and then there's like a whole page of like what everybody dreamed about except for sam who didn't dream yeah i, I was like i had three of the four hobbits have a dream that night um frodo dreams that he's in a he's in the dark and a young thin moon rises and it seems like a large wall of rock with an arch is in it. My handwriting is a little sketchy right here. Yes, no, that's correct. And then he flies over over it and sees it is it is point of a it is part of a circle in the hills like like a like a standing stone circle. Mm-hmm. I think was where I was going with this. Um, the stone is the pinnacle with a man on top of it and a staff in his hand. Yes, and then an eagle yes, flies that's... in front of the moon, and the man has white hair. Yes. Um, I'm guessing based off of his reaction to this dream that it is not, in fact, Gandalf. Um, my default if... setting is anytime an old man with a staff and a beard shows up, it's Gandalf, and, um... <laughs> It's a pretty it's good not. default I... setting, but uh, but in this yeah. case, there's no indication that it's Gandalf, no. Yeah. So a shadow passes over, and the figure raises his hands, and there's howling of wolves, and lights flash from his staff, and the wind picks up, and I went into a lot of detail on this, because it was a Sunday afternoon, and I actually, like, didn't rush through my notes for a change. Nice. And Frodo wakes up, and he is scared, and then he goes back to sleep. And then I think from there we go into what each of the hobbits dream about. Right. And Pippin dreams about old man Willow again, but thinks of Tom's words and is comforted. And Mary dreams of drowning, but then thinks of Tom's words and is comforted. And Sam doesn't dream. It says, as far as he could remember, Sam slept through the night in deep content, if logs are contented. Why do you keep pulling up my quotes that I liked and I wanted to say? You gotta beat me to the punch, Kayla. Well, you were in the middle of talking, and I don't want to interrupt you. I know. You. So they I wake know. up. So they wake up the next morning, and they eat again. And then Tom begins to tell him about all kinds of things, and he talks to them about the trees. And um, I kind of gloss over part of this and say this section gives us an indication of just how old Tom Bombadil actually is. Right. Uh, he oh, yes. is they talk eldest. about the barrel Yes. Okay, so I had a note in here to ask you about Barrow Whites and Barrow Downs, and then we got to the next chapter and some I of that it out for became myself. apparent, I'm sure. Yes, but 
for those of you who are reading in order with me and also would like to know what a barrow white and a barrow down is, a, um, a barrow is a burial mound and a white is a supernatural figure, kind of like a ghost. And Yeah, a ghost or Tolkien, a ghoul. Yes, not, not a nice thing. And in the case of Tolkien, they are closely associated with each other. Okay, so Frodo asks Tom again, who are you, master? And mm-hmm. I have to say, Tolkien's, like, religious imagery is showing a little bit here because this is very reminiscent of the conversation between Peter and Jesus um, right before the crucifixion. Or not right before the crucifixion, but Peter asks Jesus several times um, in the book of Mark, who are you? And mm-hmm. if you were raised in an evangelical household, you went to Awanas, and you know that Mark sixteen sixteen is um, something about um well jesus answers the question i don't remember the bible verse because it's been a hot second but it is peter asking jesus who are you and he's like who do you say that i am yes yes and tom seems to have lost his patience with frodo at this point with these questions uh yeah that's true he says don't you know my name yet that's the only answer eldest yes that's what i am that's what it was um is there an ominous shadow that walks by the window and yes goldberry comes into the house with a candle so tom's talking about how old he is uh he's here before the river and the trees he remembers the first raindrop the first acorn here before basically all the inhabitants of middle earth and he says he ends that speech by saying he knew the dark under the stars when it was fearless before the dark lord came from outside. And then it says, a shadow seemed to pass by the window, and the hobbits glanced hastily through the panes. When they turned again, Goldberry stood in the door behind, framed in light. I love that. I just love Goldberry. She doesn't even do anything, and I think she's pretty awesome. She's very cool. It's implied that maybe she controls the rain. Oh. Yeah, they like they wake up and it's raining, and... Uh, she's singing like outside in the rain and it's a rain song even though they don't know the language she's singing and they can tell that it's a rain song so yeah i gotcha so then tom knows seems to know a lot about the shire they they i'm skipping over the songs we don't do we have it's to talk fine. about the we, songs there's a lot of songs so, it's fine we don't so have to talk songs. about them um there's so many songs in this book there's only going to be more, Kayla. Well, yeah, I know. So Tom knows a lot about the Shire and the beings that live there, including our old friend, Farmer Maggot. I was going to say Tom Maggot, but that's not right. <laughs> we don't um, know his first name. His first name's Farmer. His first name is Farmer. Um, Farmer Magne- Magnet. Jesus. <laughs> How many times can I mispronounce Farmer Maggot's name? I love it. Um, Farmer Maggot and Gildor the Elf. Um, yes. Who we have both previously met. Um, and this is where he gets his info about Bilbo and Frodo, is like all of his connections, kind of. So he seems to know quite a bit about them before they even show up in Tom Bombadil's life. And he seems to know so much that Frodo finds himself telling. Um, Tom Bombadil about the ring. And yes. 
he and then, then he hands I, the ring to he hands the ring to Tom Bombadil and he watches it grow in his hand and I'm like mm. it almost feels like it's mm. a compulsion too right because it says Frodo to his own astonishment drew out the chain from his pocket unfastening the ring and handed it at once to Tom which is like a compulsion right like Tom asks him to yeah. doesn't ask demands to see the ring and Frodo's like yep cool and then Frodo watches him put the ring on, watches Tom put the ring on, and it doesn't do anything to him. He he does not vanish, and everyone is just like, well, what the hell, man? Yeah. What happened? And then he flips the ring in the air, and it disappears, and Frodo freaks out, understandably, until Tom hands yes. it back to him, like some sort of magician's trick. And not only that, doesn't Frodo put the ring on and Tom is able to see Frodo while he's invisible with yep. the ring on? Frodo's being kind of okay. petty here. He's being kind of a kind of a petty bitch. Uh, and so Tom is, it, it says specifically, he was perhaps a trifle annoyed with Tom for seeming to make so light of what even Gandalf thought so perilously important. So when they were all talking again, he slips the ring on. Mary turns to look at him and can clearly not see him and is very surprised. But Tom's like, Frodo, hey, I'm not so blind as all that. Like, take it off, buddy. Yep. So they get packed up to leave. And Tom gives them one final piece of advice, which I can only imagine that they don't follow. Because he gives them some warnings about how to make it past the barrows. And the most significant piece of advice here is mind your business. <laughs> and I am pseudo predicting he doesn't he, he doesn't mind his business. I mean that seems pretty fair. You're forgetting yes. one key ingredient, a song I am going to make you talk about. Which song? He gives them a song at the very end of the chapter. Oh, yeah. I did forget the song. Hey, yeah, if you have any trouble. Do you want me to talk about the song? I want you you to talk about the song. Okay. Well, there's a song that basically it's a summon Tom Bombadil in case, like break glass in case of emergency (laughs) deal, where they can sing the song if they need help from Tom Bombadil and, and they will probably need to sing the song in the future because hobbits while being adorable little creatures are not the most commonsensical of them all look it's Chekhov's gun but a song it is like that or Schrodinger's cat but a song I don't right. know but then they go to sleep one more time and that's the end of the chapter that is the end of the chapter so for as many notes as I wrote about this chapter they didn't last me as long as I thought they were going to that's okay. We got through it pretty quickly, but I think that um, there's a lot of description in this chapter, and there's also just yeah. a lot of like unanswered questions that we don't have the answers to um, in regards to who is Tom Bombadil, who is Goldberry, what are yeah. they doing here kind of stuff. Um, so it's really just a lot of questions to present people with, and like, you know, this deeply mystical, magical, important powerful person presumably right because he's not affected by the ring so there's just a lot there but not a lot of like concrete detail there i see a pattern emerging in tolkien's chapters like as like a pattern emerging specifically in the plot of lord of the rings at this point um we get in danger Mm -hmm. we 
are rescued by some mysterious figure. We get some information from that mysterious figure, and then we are sent off on our merry way again. And I think we've seen that happen at the beginning with Gandalf. Like, when Gandalf first shows up, then when they run into the elves, mm-hmm. then right before we get to Farmer Maggot's house with the mushrooms, and then right before we get to Tom Bombadil's house, and then, spoilers, here. That just seems to be the prevailing pattern for this section of the story, at least. And Yeah, when it's kind of think... the hobbits on their own, that definitely, I would say, is the pattern. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying, like, it's ineffective or anything. I think it's a great way to get, like, it's not as big of an info dump as there was at the beginning of the story with all of the background of the Shire and hobbits and big people and little people and and the history of different types of pipe tobacco. Um, <laughs> and then I think we're also starting to see more and more influence of, like, Celtic motifs and imagery in this section especially with like i especially get it with goldberry she just like i'm gonna keep talking about chronicles of narnia because go for it you know well because they were such good friends but Mm -hmm. goldberry definitely reminds me of the scene in the line the witch in the wardrobe specifically in the movie because i like because that movie image was what i kept thinking about was where lucy spring has started returning and lucy um is walking by some trees and the leaves start blowing and then they kind of turn into the figure of a woman, like the, it's the Druids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is very much the vibe I get from Goldberry. And then just the way that Tolkien describes her, she's always surrounded by flowers and dressed in green. And there's always some kind of water imagery or candlelight around her. And she's just portrayed as like this very soft, safe, welcoming presence. And, um, that contrasts nicely with what's to come. Like in the way that the the woods can be eerie and and um slightly foreboding, but you can't quite put your finger on it. I think she is kind of on the flip side of that where she is nice, soft, and safe, but there's something about her you just can't put your finger on that makes her like as nice as she is. Yeah, I think are. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um The way you're describing her reminds me of, like, Tamlin. Um, Sure. Slippery, right? There's something, like, extraordinarily fey about her. But where that's usually reserved for elves in Tolkien's setting, he's given it to this random character that we don't know what or who she is. Yes, it's very gossamer. Yes. Yes. I like it. But those those are my final thoughts on chapter eight chapter seven not chapter eight chapter seven it's okay um well we've got announcements before we close the episode out and move on to the next so kayla you want to go first i was about to say do you want me to go first or do you want to go first you go first i'll go first well i got a new job and i know you're shocked totally Um, shocked i i got a new job and i am moving also, my new roommates are my sister and her boyfriend and his, his, um, chocolate, not his chocolate lab, his yellow lab named Gunner, who is the tippy tappies at the beginning. So mm-hmm. if you heard extra banging, beeping, and conversation, that would be the rest of my, the rest of mm-hmm. my household. It has grown threefold. Speaking of 
such matters. Ah, uh, yes. So my announcement is that I am pregnant. So I'm expecting a baby on October 31st, and I'm very excited about it. And I'm sure that, that will eventually affect our schedule. But for now, just very exciting and working through the pregnancy symptoms. So yeah, we also have an announcement about the podcast. Do we? Yeah, we do. We didn't do this in the did last we not one. Annou- we did not did announce not this in the last in- one. We did not, did we? I'm like, what do you mean we 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 didn't do, do it yet? We did not announcement. I thought like it's been like it indeed has not been in an episode. Um, we have joined the That's Not Canon podcast network. So at the end of this episode, you are going to hear a promo from one of our partner podcasts. Partner podcasts? I don't know. There's a don't there's ask a promo me. at the end of this there's a promo at the end of this episode for another podcast on the network, but we joined I wanna say a couple months ago and we have just caught up to a point in recording where we can put out the good news. So that is that. Um that's all the excitement I have. I think your news was a little bit more exciting than my news. But uh, yeah, I think that's all the news I have. I have some very cute stuff to post on Insta, but I also forgot our password to Instagram, so I have to ask Kayla for that again. <laughs> I probably need to change it again because I probably forgot it. So, Well, that's <laughs> all our news, so Kayla, you want to take us out? Yes. Um, this has been Mortar She Wrote, and may the stars shine on the end of your road, my friends. Gollum has an unhealthy obsession about some bit of jewelry. Doesn't even know this is what the precious is. Stupid therapist. <laughs> cookie Monster's a bit of a stress eater. Cookie, cookie, cookie! And homicidal robots really just want their best friend back. I know I did and said things that she regrets, but why is that my problem? But what all these monsters really need is therapy. The podcast Therapy for Monsters finally puts monsters in a therapy chair with a real therapist. Me, Tim, your friendly neighborhood therapist. If you'd like to learn a bit and laugh a bit, check out Therapy for Monsters on your favorite podcast app.